Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to the one, the only, Tim Lyons. Tim, how are you today? I am doing great, Annie. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. It's been a long time coming, but I'm happy to be here. Indeed. Well, it is so fun to watch you and your brother, Greg, totally take off with your business. So start by sharing with our listeners, you know, how you got into the real estate syndication space in the first place. And tell us a little bit about your journey to date. Yeah, Andy, thanks. So yeah, I'm a 39-year-old father of three girls, and uh, I work as a New York City firefighter. I uh, work as a lieutenant in the borough of Queens. I've been doing that for about 16 years. And like most firefighters, we work 24 on, and then we have a couple of days off. So a lot of us have what we call a side job. Um, I wasn't very handy, like a lot of the guys who work as contractors and stuff like that. So I went back to nursing school, and I became an ER nurse at a level one trauma center. And uh, life was great. You know, I had two jobs that I loved. I it was something Both different. Very every high day. adrenaline jobs. It sounds like high <laughs> adrenaline. Yes, I can. I have a problem sitting still. You know, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was. You know, life was good. You know, um, the bills were paid. The money was in the savings account. The money went into the four hundred one k and the four fifty seven. Uh, took our vacations. You know, like you know, it was really nothing bad per se, but there was something, you know, there was something burning deep inside, deep inside of me, uh, that wanted to do more, to be more, to have more and, um, just have more of an impact. And, you know, I know that everyone thinks I'm crazy when I say that. Um, yes, I do have a social impact and an impact on people's lives on a daily basis, but I wanted to do something greater. So real estate was always on the radar or something that I wanted to do. I wanted to try out at some point. I just didn't know how to get started. Like most people, I thought that, you know, I needed a few more zeros uh, in my bank account and, you know, my bank balance. I didn't know, you know, you know, should I uh, house hack? Should I flip? Should I um, do note investing? Do I do a single family? I, I just really, um, I was confounded by all the variables in real estate investing. So, um, you know, there's a saying, a confused mind says no. So I just always said no. And I always said, you know, someday. Um, that all changed, you know, one summer, you know, two summers ago, I'm, I'm on a family vacation and I'm uh, sitting on the beach and I read a book that a lot of real estate investors have uh, read. Uh, it's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. 
And it was a game changer. I read it in like a day and a half, two days. I couldn't put it down. And it was as if somebody had handed me the blueprint uh, for the rest of my life. Um, and I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but it was true. And um, it was that at, that at that point, I said to myself and to my wife, I said, babe, I'm going to be a real estate investor. And she knows that I can't sit still. So she was, you know, supportive and, and said, sure, Tim, whatever. Um, you know, but uh, four months later, Annie, I'm, I'm closing on a three unit rental property um, that I still own to this day and manage to this day. Um, and really, you know, once I had that proof of concept, once I had that cash flow, once I had the I did a little better on my taxes the the next year. Um, my wife had the proof of concept. I had it, but you know, in order to scale up, I probably could do one more similar purchase, and then I'd be tapped out. And I just didn't know any if that was moving the needle for me. You know, the couple hundred dollars a month in cash flow was great, but you know, was I going to empty out the reserves by doing just one more of those? Um, you know, so. I started hearing about commercial multifamily syndication and commercial multifamily real estate. Um, and it just seemed a little bit complicated. Spreadsheets, cap rates, cash on cash returns, and you know, equity splits and all these different structures. And to me, it sounded a little bit overwhelming. And that's um, I heard podcast um, after podcast uh, of regular everyday people uh, I don't know if there's any other term for it. people like myself regular people were making it happen they were raising capital they were taking down bigger deals they were talking about leaving their w2 jobs and I was so intrigued by it I mean I was a serial podcast listener because I literally couldn't get enough and at one point it just hit me why can't that be me You know, it's it's it reminds me so much of the early days of my story too. Just being so, just having such hunger, right? Such passion, and that you just like the rich dad poor dad book. You couldn't put that down, and then the podcast. You couldn't get enough. Always wanting to get one more nugget out of it. And you know, I remember similarly early on being really intimidated by this whole world of commercial syndications because it it's one thing when you buy a small multifamily property or rental property on your own, right? And, and if you if you do it wrong, if you miss something, you lose a little money, it's your own money. But once you get into the syndication space, you really got to know what you're doing because now you're playing with other people's money. So tell us, so you're, you're learning quickly. You were, it was like trial by fire. You were listening to a lot of podcasts, reading books and resources. How and when did you get to a point where you were like, I really can do this and I am going to do this. And then what did you do next? You know, I think when my when my eyes were opened up to all the possibilities by hearing other people's stories, um, it gave me the confidence to kind of go and at least investigate, you know, what is going on? How can I get involved? How have other people done it? And how can I replicate, you know, their process? And, you know, one of the things that I kept on hearing over and over again is, you know, people were getting coached or mentored and, 
you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can meet people at meetups or conferences or uh, intern for them, you know, but uh, being a married father of three with two jobs, I didn't know that working for free for somebody for a year or so um, was in the cards. <laughs> yeah. um, and the alternative to that is that people pay for coaching. They pay for expertise and uh, to kind of collapse those timeframes needed to be really good at this business. And, you know, Annie, you know me by now, I'm a, a New Yorker and I always kind of joke around that I have some, uh, a lot of skepticism baked into my DNA. Uh, so when I heard about paying for coaching, I wasn't exactly jumping at the, at the opportunities in front of me, uh, <laughs> you know, because I figured that I could learn it in a book or I could listen to a couple mm -hmm. more podcasts or I could go to a conference. I could do it myself because that's kind of how I, I've always done it. Um, but it really wasn't until I really um, figured out my why, my reasoning for doing this, what was I expecting to be the outcome? And then, you know, once I had the outcome in my mind, how am I going to get there the, the safest and the quickest um, with, with, the, with the best outcome? So that was coaching. And I found a mentorship program that has just been uh, a total game changer. And then I found a few more mentorship programs and they've been game changers too. Um, and that's led to masterminds and just all sorts of networking opportunities. And it's as if I, I was kind of writing my own podcast in a way, because, you know, all these things that I had heard from other people were now happening to me. And, you know, we did our first deal and then quickly the second, and then they start rolling. And then um, by the time I was able to take a step back, I couldn't believe kind of what had happened, but, uh, to more specifically answer your question, you know, when I first got into multifamily real estate, I didn't think I was going to even do syndication. In fact, I wasn't even totally aware of what syndication was. I wanted to do maybe a 10 unit or a 20 unit with my dad and my brothers and maybe a few friends. Um, but I had a coach that was from New York and we hit it off together and he gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to get involved in a syndication that he had been put putting together. Um, so I got a behind the curtain look at due diligence and financing. And then when it came time to raise capital, you know, he had asked me, you know, do you think you might know anybody who might be interested? And I was in my mind, I was Tim, the New York city firefighter and ER nurse. I certainly was not Tim, the, you know, multifamily syndicator. Um, so I figured that I just couldn't raise anything, uh, but I gave it a shot. You know, I talked to my inner circle, my friends and family, um, and I was able to raise, you know, more money than I ever thought I was going to be able to raise. Um, and that really opened my eyes to syndication. And that's kind of where we've put all of our focus, you know, going forward. Tell us a little bit about that piece, because I know a lot of people start out talking with friends and family, and often that's those are some of their first investors. How does that conversation go? So, so normally you invite them over, you're talking about kids and jobs and vacations and whatnot. How do you get to a point where you, you're inserting real estate into the conversation? Yeah. I mean, it was um, intimidating at first because I wasn't coming from that position of power, that position of authority. Um, I was a little bit timid, but you know, it was my inner circle. So I was able to be open and transparent and just kind of tell them, hey, this is what I'm doing. 
Um, and I remember listening to a bigger pockets podcast, uh, and Brendan Turner had given somebody advice, you know, you just have to tell people what it is that you're doing and how it works and how it's benefiting you and how they can benefit as you know, from it as well. And that's kind of the approach I just took in the beginning, not having any, um, reps in, in like investor phone calls or anything like that. And to my surprise, people were really intrigued by what I was doing. I think they wanted to see some of some success first before, um, before they jumped on board. Um, but once I was able to kind of put that track record uh, together, um, you know, more and more people kept on following my journey, and then they wanted to be involved. Um, but those those early early talks with investors were simply just telling them exactly what I was doing, how it, and how the process worked. And uh, the more conversations I had, the better I became at them, and um, the more people invested. You know. Yeah, I think that's so key is to go into it not trying to know everything, not trying to be perfect, but just really having that genuine passion and that willingness to share and. To help because it's just like anything, like when I discover a great restaurant or a new great product or a new store, I can't wait to share it with my friends and family, right? And so it's the same with real estate. And I think a lot of um, a lot of syndicators out there struggle with that piece is they don't know how to, they feel like they need to sell the opportunities to people when in fact, it's really about how can you figure out what that shared ground is so that you can be on the same side as your investors and to share your experience and your passions with them. And that's ultimately what's going to build that trust and help them to get over that hump and invest with you. So I think that's such key advice. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, uh, especially because money is a taboo subject uh, in you know our culture, right? People would much rather talk about more intimate things uh, in their personal lives than they want to talk <laughs> about money. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just kind of how it is, right? But you know, during this journey, um, I've been really passionate or developed a passion for financial education um, for people like me. I mean, I always pictured myself as being a a pretty savvy guy, Uh, not the smartest guy in the room, uh, but certainly not in a bad position either. Um, But there was so much I didn't know. You know, I I took the the scarcity mindset uh, that I kind of grew up with, um, you know, pay all your bills on time, put money, put cash in the bank, you know, have some cash in the house. You never know when you might need it. Um, You know, don't have any debt, you know, pay off everything. And I'm not saying that's a bad way to live your life, but there's a different way of doing things. And, you know, the more I learned, the more I wanted to tell people Um, and the, and the, and the greater the conversations I was having around me. And a lot of people really resonated with that. You know, the, you know, this is not the 1970s and eighties anymore. Um, It's it's a different time. So there's a different, the playbook has kind of changed somewhat. So to be able to have those conversations with people in an open and honest and transparent way uh, that talking about money isn't so taboo, it's actually kind of fun Um, and doing it together with people in my inner circle and my friends and my colleagues, um, you know, the guys in the firehouse at first were very um, uh, skeptical, I'll say is, you know, a pretty, pretty good term for it. Um, They used to call me Lieutenant. Made off and 
ask me how my Ponzi scheme was going, um, you know, because the guys in the firehouse can be brutal like that. But, you know, uh, secretly, they'd all text me and say, hey, you know, let's hop on a call. I want to hear, you know, what you're doing and how it works. And, you know, a bunch of them have come into the come into deals with me now. And, um, you know, everybody in New York likes to have a guy like, you know, if you, if you have a good mechanic, mm-hmm, oh, I got a guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. so now I'm the real estate guy uh, for them. Nice. So it's uh, it's been fun. So now the million dollar question that I'm sure all of our listeners want to know, how do you, so you have those conversations with friends and family. Once you figure that out, get over the fear of talking about money and talking about business and real estate. You talk with friends and family. How do you then scale to the point that you've been able to get to so quickly? You guys have seen so much success in such a short amount of time. How do you scale beyond friends and family? You know, um, when I was being coached and mentored by a variety of people, they, you know, would tell me I have some, I have a valuable story to tell. And at the time when they first told me, I didn't, I don't know if I I disagreed. I just didn't think it, it was just me, right? It was just my story. But when people kind of tell you that you have a valuable story to tell and that once you tell your story and, you know, let people in on your journey and how it's going to resonate with people, I started to think that, wow, well, maybe I should go on a podcast and and tell people what I'm doing. You know, I'm certainly not the uh, the wealthiest real estate mogul that, you know, is out there. Um, but it's changed my life. You know, I don't work a second job anymore. Um, I retired from the hospital a year and a half ago. Um, you know, that's given me some more time, you know, even though I work from home, it's given me time with my kids and that's above money. Time with my kids means everything to me. Um, so, you know, when I started telling my story and being on podcast, all of a sudden I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have two or three calls scheduled in the middle of the night, you know, and I'd wake up and, uh, I'd have two or three investor calls, you know, and when somebody schedules a call with you, most likely they're looking to invest, you know, people aren't necessarily kicking the tires. I mean, some people do, and that's fine because I love to talk about this and I'll talk about this all day. Um, but, you know, little by little, my, my calendar started filling up and filling up and filling up. And then people, you know, you put a deal out and people invest in it. It's like magic. Um, but, you know, I, I'm always curious to hear how people heard about me or my story or my company. And a lot of them have come in through the podcasts. You know, um, so, you know, between the podcast and meeting people at conferences and meetups and social media has played a huge part in our success. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, word of mouth, you know, because, you know, when people invest $50,000 or $100,000, there's really three, three key ingredients that you need. Um, and that's that people need to know you, like you and trust you. And if people know no one like can trust you, then you know you have the three ingredients. Now you have a good product uh, in real estate. You know you marry those two together, and and that's where the magic kind of happens. So, um, yeah, I mean that's really that's kind of how it it, it played out in, in uh, for for us. Mm-hmm. I want to switch gears for a second and talk about your partnership with your brother. Um, I know this is something that a lot of syndicators um, wonder about is, you know, how do I find a partner? How do I know that that person um, is going to be a good partner for me? 
And so when you started out on this, how, how did you get into this with your brother? Was he also into real estate and you were into it separately or did you get into it first? You pulled him into it. And then now what are your respective roles in the business and how do you make sure you're not stepping on each other's toes? Wow. How much more time do we have? <laughs> no, just the uh, highlights. Give us the bullet just points. Just the highlights. I love that. Okay. So Greg and I, I'm the youngest of three boys, right? He's the middle brother. And, um, you know, um, we had a, a, a nice childhood, right? And we always, you know, we came from a hardworking family. And I think that hard work, uh, uh, that hard work ethic really stuck with, uh, with us. So, you know, we kind of went our individual ways, uh, but Greg did have uh, a couple of years where he worked in real estate development with his wife's uh, family company out in Boise, Idaho. They built um, two condo complexes and uh, Greg was, you know, on on that team. Um, unfortunately, they did it right in like 06, 07, right before the GFC uh, and they got yeah. a little bit hurt, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, to his credit, he could have, he could have been like most people and said, you know what? I tried real estate. I got hurt mm -hmm. and it's yeah. real estate stinks and I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, he made a pivot and, um, you know, he ended up coming back out East and, you know, I was, he's always enamored, you know, um, and respects what I do with the firehouse. And then, you know, when I was working in the hospital and, you know, we, we just always, we just always got along. Right. So when I was doing my real estate thing and I bought the three family, we talk a lot, Hey, how are you doing it? How'd you find it? You know, how, you know, how does it work? And then, you know, his wife is in uh, residential real estate sales and she does very well. So they have this real estate mindset anyway, they ended up getting a property as well. So now we're both real estate investors. And, you know, I think I said before twice that I can't sit still and I wanted to scale <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm way more of a quote unquote risk taker than Greg ever was. Um, and I think he was seeing what I was doing and he was super intrigued by the multifamily aspect. Um, so when I went ahead and, and started doing it, he was like, dude, can I come on the journey because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I, I like, I love what you're doing. I like, I can see uh, some real value and I want to be a part of this and, you know, who better than to have in your corner than have somebody, you know, uh, in your family. So, um, you know, Greg and I, we just, um, it's been a big learning process. You know, we didn't come into this with a blueprint or a playbook, uh, but we work well together. You know, I get to talk to him multiple times a day, every day. Um, and you know, listen, like, like any other business, you know, there's been, you know, some tough days or tougher days, I should say, we haven't really had a crazy tough day, but, um, and, but most of it is it's exciting. It's, it's so much fun to be sitting in our seats, um, having the conversations that we're having and sharing that in, you know, with your brothers is, is, has been special. So, um, you know, I, I don't want Greg's head to be, get too, too big if he's listening to the show. So, um, <laughs> Just make sure you're at work early uh, on Monday morning. All right, pal. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, on the flip side of that, um, the other part of your family, your three girls, how old are your three girls now? Yeah, I got three little girls, uh, Madison, Mackenzie, and Avery, 10, 7, and 2. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a wild scene. Yeah. So I know you mentioned earlier, you've developed this passion for financial education. 
And so you have this opportunity to work with your brother and build this, this impact in this business. What about on the flip side with your girls? Are they involved in the business at all? Do they know anything about what you're doing and anything about real estate? How are you um, teaching them about all of this? So it's funny. I, um, I never want to push anything on them. I'm always trying to let them take the lead. Um, but when you have conversations, especially with my two older ones, they'll pull out like these terms, these real estate terms. And I'm like, man, how did you? <laughs> and they use it in a <laughs> sentence like correctly. And I'm like, whoa, you know? And um, so we've had some great conversations and, you know, the three family property that we, that we own, you know, they've come with me to, you know, either mow the lawn or shovel snow or you know, paint or do something, um, you know, and they ask a lot of questions and um, it's just so much fun to let them know that, you know, uh, you don't have to, you know, just go work for somebody else. You can, you can do, you know, this on your own and you, you know, yes, girls can do it. And I often reference, you know, you and Julie um, and show them your website and uh, they get really excited. So it's, it's exciting for me, for them uh, to see what daddy's doing when he's in the office and making phone calls. Um, you know, they, every time we have a closing, uh, they, they draw me a picture with the, uh, you know, their markers and everything about, you know, the name of the property and, uh, it's, it's, it's cute, you know? And, uh, so I love being able to show them that yes, daddy goes to the firehouse, uh, for his sleepovers in the firehouse for 24 hours at a time. Um, and then I'm home a lot more because, uh, you know, I don't work in the hospital anymore. And they see that we have a better quality of life. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I'm trying to do, right? I don't need the fancy cars or the fancy house or anything like that. It's having that time freedom and that impact and to uh, really be on purpose and with purpose. Mm-hmm. Could not have said it better. That it's all about that that freedom. That's the one resource. That time freedom is that one thing that you cannot get back. Especially while your your girls are young. How fortunate mm-hmm. for you that you've been able to find this and build this business um, to such astronomical success in such a short amount of time. To be able to step away from your second job and to spend more time with them and to show them the way, show them the path so that they know that this is possible for their future as well. Yes, well, Tim, absolutely. I have one more question for you. So um, you you started by getting into this with the three family, then you got the opportunity to get in on a syndication. Now you've done multiple deals and you have plenty of investors and you're increasing your raise capacity with every deal, doing more and bigger deals. And so what's your ultimate vision for this business that you're building? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate vision is to retire from the firehouse when I'm uh, eligible, and uh, that's in three more years, and I'll be 42, almost 43, which is incredible. Uh, Things are a lot different now with the pension and everything, but, um, you know, it it was a great ride. I've had some really great experiences, but uh, I'm ready for the next chapter and, um, you know, providing high quality you know, opportunities for my friends and my family and my colleagues has been uh, the opportunity of a lifetime. And now just reaching out to more people and having that impact, you know, that financial impact for other families that are looking to 
diversify outside the stock market and maybe they don't they don't exactly know where to go they don't have a guy or a girl um, to kind of call on it's my it's my passion project now to really get out there and share my knowledge about financial education as it relates to real estate investing and to really let people know that there's a lot of opportunity out there for people and they just need to know you know kind of where to look and um, Greg and I have a vision of doing our own deals in the near future so um, so watch out for that as well. Well, Tim, you are an absolute inspiration and you've had such a great impact in so many different areas in your life. And I know our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and learn more and connect with you. So tell them a little bit more about where they can go to learn more about all that you're doing. Yeah. So we are in the process of launching a podcast with uh, my brother and I. So watch out for the brotherly banter. That's going to be called the Passive Income Brothers Podcast. And then you can head over head over to the website. It's uh, citysidecap.com. And I was fortunate enough, Annie, to be a part of an Amazon number one bestseller with a bunch of other uh, tremendous authors uh, in a book called Bringing Value, Solving Problems, and Leaving a Legacy. Uh, and anybody who's listening can go to the website and download a free copy right there on the homepage. Perfect. Well, it sounds like that's that title of that book is so perfect because those three things, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> and 100%. so- Yes, Tim, thank you so much for being here with us and our listeners today and sharing about your story and your business and where you're going. To all of our listeners, be sure to follow up with Tim to learn more. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.